Hi there, and thanks for joining us. On this week's podcast, we speak to the man behind the new building that has linked the South Mall and Oliver Plunkett Street, the home builder who weathered the property crash, and the people behind Ireland's largest indie film festival. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. We're going to talk to one of the busiest men in Cork right now, not an exaggeration, because he is trying to coordinate the opening of the newest hotel, slap bang in the middle of the city centre, with doors on both Parnell Place and the South Mall. Robert McCarthy, the manager of the Maldron Hotel, how are you? I'm very good, yeah, very good. Stressed, Um, busy? uh, I I wouldn't say stressed, Uh, very busy, most definitely. Um, We have 11 weeks to go before uh, opening our doors. Uh, We'll see our first guests uh, from the 18th of December. So it's, um, it's, 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 it's starting to come around now. So tell us a bit about the site, because this is almost mystical. We've seen the cranes, we've seen the bits and pieces operating, but you actually have taken over a massive footprint yeah. on that corner between the Mall and yeah. the uh, and the Grand Parade. It's a great, sorry, between the Mall and Oliver Plunkett Street. Yeah, it's a great footprint. Um, I suppose it's been a unit that lay idle right throughout the, the recession years. Um, and our company, the latter, uh, managed to purchase it about three years ago now. Um, and the original plan there you know, before it's the latter time was about a 120 bedroomed hotel. Um, I suppose us as a company to, to make the whole thing work, we needed to get those numbers up. Uh, we worked closely with uh, the city council with regards to planning. So we managed to, to put an extra two floors up um, and we've actually managed to open up on, on underground. Um, so we've, we've got two lower basement oh, so floors. We've gone down. We've gone down as well. Uh, we've gone down as well as up. Absolutely. Yeah. So people would have been familiar. There was a kind of a half-finished hotel. Yes. And that was the genesis of all of this, was yes, it? Yes, absolutely. But you've grown outside of that. Yeah, so so we managed to also purchase two of the buildings that were on the South Mall. So originally, the, the, this old project, because it's been sat around for a long time, it was always known as the Beasley Hotel, because there's a little uh, pedestrianite street that runs the length of the hotel, which is called Beasley Street. But uh, what we did was we purchased two old buildings at the front of the South Mall uh, to incorporate the building onto the South Mall. And that allows us to become known as Maldron South Mall, basically. Okay. So now, and everybody knows to get the address on the mall is probably the most important thing in Cork. So therefore, yeah. you are able to say that's where the front door is. There will be an element of that, absolutely. Um, and I, I suppose the other part of the building then is onto Parnell Place. And Parnell Place has really come back to life in the last couple of years. Uh, our neighbours now, Eventbrite, have taken the old Thomas Crosby Holdings unit r- right next door to us. Um, I see the IMI uh, teamed up at UCC, and they're across the road as well. So Parnell Place is coming back to life. Um, and, and it's great to see. And even the South Mall has, uh, has really come back to life in the last couple of years. The one thing that has been an extremely short supply in recent years, hotel beds. And, and while not every hotel is full every night, when the city is busy... Yes. It's very hard to get a room and it, all of a sudden it gets very expensive because of supply and demand. How many rooms are you adding? OK, so we're adding 163 rooms. Um, Cork City fills. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the demand is there. There's plenty of space for everybody. Um, you know, it, it can get so busy in Cork City, you can find that people have to nearly go as far as can sail to get a hotel room, you know. Um, typical example of that now would have been in and around the uh, Ed Sheeran concerts, you know, when there's real high demand in the city. Now that you have those rooms, how many people can you put in them at full capacity? At full capacity, 400 people. 
That's a big hotel. It'll make it the second largest hotel in the city for now. Um, I know there's plans afoot with other companies to maybe be a bit, a bit larger than us. Um, but for now, we'll be the second largest hotel in the city. Okay. Absolutely. And, and how confident are you going to fill those rooms? I mean, your offering is new, so therefore there'll be something shiny about it. But, it, it, you know, it's going to get, at some point, it's going to get tough, isn't it? It's going to, you're going to have to get down and dirty uh, to try and attract people. Yeah. Well, I suppose, look, I, I'm experienced enough managing hotels in the city. Um, so it has its ebbs and flows. Your Januaries and Februaries will always be that a little bit more difficult, you know, but you plan accordingly. You know, you're, you're, you're busier months then throughout the summer. Like Cork is having a record year from a tourism perspective you know um, so things are very much on the up in Cork at the moment both from a corporate perspective and from a leisure perspective Now most people in Cork are not going to stay in the hotel so you have to have other offerings to draw us in so what else is going to be there to draw in the punter off the street Yeah this is a very interesting one for us um, I've got three sub brands uh, that'll be we'll be opening up in the hotel um, the first one is the Red Bean Roastery which is a high street cafe that we'll have right on the South Mall so you'll have the entrance into the hotel and then we'll have the Red Bean Roastery now that's going to give an offering of breakfast, lunch and dinner seven days a week Inside the hotel then we have a bar and restaurant. I suppose the, the days of a full-on pub being in a hotel are gone, you know. So it's a bar and restaurant, it's called the Grain and Grill and that's about 150 seats in total. So that's a big bar and restaurant. Um, and on top of that then we're also opening up an Italian kitchen restaurant which will be open, opening out onto Parnell Place. Um, that's a concept that we, that, that we have in some, in some of our hotels. It's worked really, really well and this is nearly like a business. So we'll be opening up the Italian kitchen a little bit later. It'll be about April by the time we open the Italian kitchen and that'll be seen like a standalone restaurant. Uh, Conference space, is there going to be meeting rooms? Yeah, we won't be in the banqueting space but we'll be in the conferencing space. I'll have a business centre which is um, uh, five rooms in total. Um, Our largest seating about 70 the capacity and we think there's a lot of demand at the moment in the city for this type of space. Uh, Very often you'll be able to sell it with uh, lunch and refreshments and, and so on and so forth um, and we think that's going to be a key part of our business I have to mention the dirty P word where are people going to park? Um, people are going to park in Q Park uh, which is a city hall um, we have an association built up a Q Park over the last number of years um, really good rate organised with them so there's a preferential rate if you're using the hotel facilities So the, the, the Delata group is the, is the overall group but you would be linked still to the Clayton which used to be the Clarion. Yeah. It's, a, it's in, with the, under the same umbrella, but a different brand. Yeah, so essentially we've got two brands in the company. We've got the Malden brand and we've got the Clayton brand. So if you take Cork City, uh, with the opening of this hotel, we'll have four hotels in the city. We have two Claytons. One is Silver Springs and one is Clayton, as you mentioned, the old Clarion. And then we have, we'll have two Maldrons. So the original Maldron is above in Shandon, which originally was the old Shandon Court Hotel. And the North Infirmary, as it used to And be the known. North Infirmary, absolutely. I spent the last two and a half years actually managing that hotel. Uh, fantastic hotel, fantastic location, brilliant people. Um, and now we'll have the second Maldron, which will be on the South Mall. Uh, more importantly, you've got how many people employed? How many people are actually going to have jobs with the opening of the hotel in 11 weeks? Yeah, one of the largest parts of my job over the last number of months has been the recruitment piece. Um, in general, when we're, when we're at full tilt, you'll have approximately 120 employees. Uh, opening the doors, approximately 90 to 100. 
Okay, so that's a lot of people pulling salaries out of there. Uh, if people want to book or they want to have a look, the website's up and running already. I think it's maldronhotelsouthmal.com. Correct. www.maldronhotelsouthmal.com. Okay, very good. And you are still hiring, so if people want to get in contact, if they're interested in Absolutely, those jobs. Absolutely, please contact us at careers at maldronhotelsouthmal.com. Rob McCarthy, manager of the Maldron South Mall, due to open in December. Thanks very much for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon. Pleasure being here. Thank you. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. The next company we want to talk about was set up in late 2003 and is celebrating 15 years in business this year. And given the industry, one hell of a 15 years it has been. Kieran McCarthy of KMC Homes, how are you? Very good, very good. Thank you, Jonathan. Tell us a little bit about the business. You're you're in the area of one-off homes. Okay, so um, I suppose a lot of people, when they think of one-off homes or, you know, doing up their house or whatever, they think of shows like um, uh, Dermot Bannon and Room to Improve and, and what have you. And I suppose when you look at those shows, they're very entertaining to watch, but a lot of the entertainment is the kind of stresses and whatever you see of... Um, of clients being caught between the architect and the QS and the builder and everything else. Um, I suppose what we do is we try and bring a bit of customer service to the whole, indus- the whole industry. Um, and we, um, we, so rather than you having to go separately to an architect, engineer, QS, builders and all the stresses and difficulties around that, uh, we have everyone you need. So um, we look after all the design, project management, planning mission, building and everything all in-house. So there's no work for Dermot Bannon with KMC, is that what you're saying? Well, there's work for Dermot Bannon, but Dermot Bannon works for KMC instead of the customer, <laughs> so that um, so it's a very streamlined customer. So you, you do end-to-end then? Correct, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. So and does that take the stress out of it for most people? Well, that's that's what it's designed to do, because a lot of people, when they're building their, their ideal home, um, they might be just about to get married. Um, one or both of the the uh, the couple would be working. They'd be busy in their work life, very busy home life. They're either about to get married or they have young children at home. They haven't time to go into all these meetings. And the last thing you want is all these meetings and stress and trouble and everything else while they're looking to create their dream home and all that sort of thing. Look, I alluded to the fact it's been a very interesting couple of years in the property sector, in the house building sector. How did you fare during the downturn? Well, I suppose um, a lot of the, the the problem with construction is um, if you talk to anyone who has a construction bit of business, they'll always say it is either really good or really bad. So the problem is either too busy or too quiet. Um, we've always kept a kind of a medium um, level of business and a kind of a long term view. So rather than getting overextended during the boom or, or becoming too quiet in a in a recession, we've always tended to operate in kind of niche markets and uh, to, uh, to to concentrate on the customer and customer service. I think if you're doing that. You'll get paid quickly. Um, you'll you'll offer more value, and you'll always, you'll always be in business. You know, so the only houses that were being built for the most part during the recession were one-off houses. So were you some some little bit in insulated that way? Uh, we were. We were lucky. I mean, we weren't extended into the the commercial sector, and we weren't building for developers. So we weren't um, we weren't we weren't left high and dry when a lot of developers um, you know went went wallop during the recession. Karen, when you hear all the commentary about the cost of building, uh, how it's prohibitive, how that's the reason why new houses aren't being built to meet the demand that's out there. Do you buy all of that? Do you can can you empathise with the other builders, those that are trying to build the two, the three hundred house estates? Um, I suppose, like my own view on it, would be that um, I I'm probably a bit of a capitalist. Um, I I don't think the government should have interfered in the in the whole market. I think 
if they had left the market alone um, several years ago, the market would have gone up to a certain level. Developers would have moved. They would have they would have probably flooded the market a little bit. They would have been up and down. Eventually, it would have balanced out, and there'd be a steady stream of houses coming on stream at the moment. Um, that hasn't really happened for a variety of reasons. Some of them political, with mortgage caps and rental caps and all that. I think the market is kind of is kind of stuck in a few different areas. So, and we're all experiencing then the lack of supply and the difficulties that come with that. You know? uh, the one thing about building your own house is it's your stamp. It's your house. You you, you don't kind of have to buy someone else's plan. Um, does that help when people are looking to build if they have a site and they have planning permission off with them? Well, the way we the way we go about it, like people w- would have a site, but they wouldn't have planning permission. So all they'd have is they'd have a greenfield site. They'd have some idea of what they're looking to do, and they clearly they'd have a fixed budget. So our 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 what we're trying to do is we're, we're we're looking at what they're looking to do. We're looking at what they're able to afford, and it's up to us to come up together with a, a variety of proposals around that mm. um, to bring it all together for them. Well, planners don't like ribbon developments. They don't like one-off houses. There's been a bit of a switch against it in recent years. Have you noticed that? Is it becoming more difficult to build the one-off house? Uh, it is becoming more difficult to get the, the planning um, over over the line. Um, we use very uh, well-established and um, and registered architects to give um, our customers the very best chance of getting planning. So we, we use very good professionals to to, um, to align with, shall we say, what Cork County Council, they have a, a very good document on um, outlining what they're looking to achieve in terms of planning and if you align yourself well to that and the um, the whole qualification process um, then you, you you stand the very best chance of getting planning so that's what we do. So in other words it has to fit with the environment you yeah. can't have a you're not going to have what they is called the Mac Mansion anymore right? No, no that's, that's what they're looking to avoid but I mean they have very they have very well laid out guidelines and we align ourselves with those you know. Bungalow bliss wasn't that what they called it in the 70s? Everybody, yeah. everybody wanted a bungalow now, and they haven't exactly aged well those poor old bungalows. No and if everyone knew that building bungalows is actually more expensive than building two story houses I don't think all those bungalows would have existed in the first place. Why, why is it more expensive to build a bungalow? Uh, well, bungalows have much more foundations and they have much more roof area and foundations and roofs are the two most expensive parts of building a house. So they look cheaper but they're actually more expensive. So. The one thing that's fascinated me about recent times is the way in which houses are built has changed. And I, I've seen, and I don't know the technology particularly well, effectively styrofoam blocks that looked like Lego and that now has replaced concrete and the concrete's poured into the middle. Am I getting that right? Uh, that's a type of building a house. Look, there's lots of different frame um, versions out there. I mean, there still is the concrete block frame. There's a timber frame. Um, there is what you're talking about is an, an insulated concrete form. It's another type of frame. They all have different pros and cons. They all achieve the same um, goals at the end of the day in terms of insulation and durability and everything else. Some are more cost effective than others depending on the application and the site. So and what do you prefer? What's your preferred method? Generally, we would go for a timber frame internal structure and concrete block on the outside. Um, That's pretty traditional then. Uh, reasonably. The timber frame has moved. The timber frame is a lot more popular now and becoming more popular again. Um, initially they, they weren't great when they first came on the market because they were rushed up like everything else during the Celtic Tiger but um, they're more popular now and they're, they're, they're quite aligned to you know A3, A2, A1 um, technology or passive technology so they're, they're a very high quality now having been on the market for some time. Well look you, you start talking about technology I have to mention the fact that you've got an app at what point did it, did it creep into your consciousness that you wanted an app? 
Okay, I suppose, look, everything we're trying to do, we are a building company, we are a design company, but at the end of the day, we're, we're kind of a customer service company because we, we've just seen all the difficulty people have. Young couples, as I said earlier, um, he might be working, she might be working, young family. They don't have time to be going out meeting architects and engineers and builders and everything else. So so how do they know how their house is progressing? So like he might be working in a multinational, she might be working at home or she might be working elsewhere. So we've, we've, um, we've, we've developed an app where they can, our customers can, can follow the track they can track the progress of their new home. They can see their their project schedule constantly updated. They can message their dedicated foreman. They can see their account online whenever they make a choice of tiles and floors and doors. It's all recalibrated every time they make a, a payment um, online. It's all recalibrated so they can see their um, their remaining. So balance no at more any scraps time. of paper where you've got little bits of notes. No more scraps of paper, paper where that is. And, and no surprises. You know, so <laughs> clients can stay up to date. But that takes the go back to Dermot Bannon. That takes the phone out of it. I mean, the whole phone is when you. <laughs> Go over budget well, it by takes the entertainment out of it, but I mean, I suppose people aren't looking to get entertained when they're building their new home. You know? You've ancestry in, in terms of building. You're not the first generation builder, are you? Uh, no, there there is a legend that uh, one of my ancestors, uh, I believe, was a, a builder who uh, who built the church in uh, Kiston, West Cork. We can't prove it, but uh, my father will kill me for saying that now. But uh, I believe that is the case. Yeah. So, but you you don't do churches anymore. Just no, very just, nice just, houses for families. Yeah, we're just we're just trying. What we're trying to do is 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 inject some customer service into the home building industry. And I suppose we look around the countryside and we still see um, houses being built by young couples and still badly designed. And they're still spending a huge amount of money and their mortgage for the next 30 odd years are going to be spent in this house. And we're trying to improve that so that these people will build better homes and, uh, they won't, and they get, they'll have a better investment, a better quality of life. And we've, we've looked at the whole way this is developed. And the only way we can see of really achieving that is to improve the whole customer experience and more people to engage in it. Kieran, what's the website if people want to look you up? Uh, kmchomes.ie Kieran McCarthy of KMC Homes. Pleasure. Thanks very much for joining us. Could I just say we're we're going to be exhibiting at the Self Build Show um, on the eleventh of November. So we'd look we'd love to see anyone if they're coming down Winston to have a chat with us. I mean, look, you got enough publicity out of, but you mentioned that as well. So you got it in at least. <laughs> My absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. The only show in town for Cork business. Red business. The sixth Indie Cork Festival of Independent Film and Music is being held from October seventh to the fourteenth. And with me now in studio. Uh, is the man behind it all, the festival co-director Mick Hannigan. Mick, how are you? Um, I'm in good shape. Um, you, you, you said that I'm the co-director and uh, uh, it is very much a team effort. So we've got a lot of people involved um, and a lot of help and a lot of people previewing the films. And, you know, it, it's very much, a, very much a, a community effort. So all the pressure isn't on my shoulders, thankfully. So we're, you know, I'm, I'm a happy camper and I think we're all pretty pleased with the, the quality of the programme. Delighted with the brochure. It's out and around Cork City and uh, it's looking good. Now, this is... I mean, is it wrong to call this niche? I mean, are we saying that this is, you know, for real lovers of the art? I think it's niche in the sense that at this point we're the premier festival in Ireland for independent cinema. And by that I mean uh, many of the films we screen um, don't have state funding. They don't have big budgets. Um, we focus very much on short films. and uh, That's because we, we, we love short films anyway. But it's a great way to give a platform for young and emerging filmmakers. So we're very proud that we screen films from students, from totally independent guys, people making films in their, you know, in their kitchens and on their mobile phones. They're presented in the Gate Cinema 
as any other Hollywood blockbuster is, technically. So it looks good on screen. Um, it's, it sounds good. You've got an appreciative audience. So it's very much a cinematic experience nonetheless. Years ago, if you wanted to make a movie, you'd have to hire a camera or you'd have a camcorder and it'd look crap, right? Yeah. But now we all have something in our phones that's capable of producing high-definition imagery. Has that completely revolutionised this and empowered a generation to start making their own movies when previously they, they had no way of doing that? Yeah, I mean, unless you went to film school, unless you had a budget, unless you had big cameras and sound equipment, um, you know, th- there were barriers to expressing yourself cinematically, as it were. Um, but now you can, you know, you can buy cheap editing equipment, you can edit the film in your bedroom, um, you can film with, with, with cameras. So it has become far more accessible. And I find it fascinating the way um, a wider variety of people are getting involved. And for example, in the past, people would go to art college and they'd work in painting or sculpture or whatever. No, they're, they're involved in multimedia. They're, the moving image is, is very much, you know, a sign of the times. It is the pre, pre, predominant mode, I think, of, of entertainment and artistic expression at the moment. Which brings us to the business of the Indie Cork Festival. You've got a lot of sponsorship on board without whom you wouldn't be able to do this. Well, a lot of us work voluntarily, and um, we've a lot of partnerships. The Gate Cinema are our partners. We, you know, we've got a, r- a range of partners, but um, it wouldn't go ahead really without without sponsorship. Very happy to have Black Knight. Um, Black Knight Solutions are a, a web hosting company uh, and wonderfully supported the festival over the years. Just recently, we've um, we've established a partnership with with Brewdog, um, the Scottish. Um, in independent craft beer, so all all of that's important, and it does enable us to to um, to organise the festival and put it on. Also, we get support from embassies because it's very good to have visiting filmmakers and. Um, the, the, the Finnish embassy, the Norwegian embassy. There's various embassies um, supporting us to bring artists and filmmakers to Cork mm. to, to show their films. And just before we finish up, you've also adopted the Dali Club, which um, those of us old enough now, Mick, will remember that was the path. Um, but the Dali Club has been reborn and is very much a focal part this year. It, it looks great. We, we were in there having our lunch the other night. Um, the plaster work is still there. It still has got this cinematic feel that I remember anyway from, from the, 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 the old Pav days. Um, and we will have music in there, indie music, cutting edge music, but also screenings. The Oveil Poetry films are screened in there. We've a horror show, some artistic work. So throughout the festival, whether it be in the Gate Cinema or in Dali, you know, it's a very rich programme. A lot going on in the afternoons and in the evenings and late at night. Um, filmmakers around, guests, the Irish, young Irish filmmakers in particular are coming down in great numbers for the closing weekend. So it's a very good festival in prospect. If you want to find out more, the website, Indie Cork. I-N-D-I-E Cork dot com uh, For now Mick Hannigan uh, of Indie Cork Thank you so much for joining us on Red Business Thanks Johnson My thanks to all of our guests Neave Hennessy was the producer Don't forget you can subscribe on iTunes and we'll catch you on the next one Red Business Cork's exclusive business podcast <laughs>